This episode of The Tome Show is brought to you by listeners like you. Thanks for using The Tome's Amazon and DMs Guild affiliate links. And to our patrons who support us over at patreon.com slash The Tome Show. Your misconceptions Stay right there Let me answer your questions I'll clear up all your misconceptions You don't dress up to play D&D Welcome to the Tome A D&D news, reviews, and interview show And I'm your Tome host, Jeff Greiner uh, Tracy is out sick So I'm hosting alone tonight Like the olden days uh, In this episode, number 291 We're going to tear ourselves apart And put it back together again As we talk about rebinding our game books and joining me for this is two folks who have very different approaches to how to rebind and different than myself as well. So we'll get to a variety of different options. I'm going to let them introduce themselves because I largely did a, did a call out to the internet for people who had experience with this. And, and um, these two gentlemen came back with some, some really interesting solutions. And so that's why they were invited to join us. So first up, back from the old country, we have, uh, I'm going to try here, Simon Oberbrinkman. Am I right? Yes. As close as you, as you can get as an American, I would okay. assume. <laughs> okay. Hey. I mean, I've got a German name myself, but I don't know that I, I hear it in the German uh, accent very often. So, so, so yeah, Simon. It would, would be Jeff Greiner in Greiner, German. yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, so, Simon, tell us a little bit about who you are. Uh, yeah, I'm Simon. <laughs> um, 29 years old, having played D&D for more than half of it. And, um, yeah, I had a few de- damaged books, so... I took it upon myself to try to fix it. Okay. So so what are you currently playing? What, what's your current game? Um, I'm a DM and a player, so two games right now. Um, the DM I'm in is, uh, I think, three years running now, uh, Tyranny of Dragons, so the first published kind mm-hmm. of arc. However, that's more of a backdrop at this point because we strayed very far away from the books. Sure. Um, and a player in a rather new new game um, in a homebrew setting where we are basically trying to protect the world from also dragons. So, again, <laughs> it's Dungeons and Dragons, I guess. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I bet every now and then those dragons find themselves in a dungeon, huh? Oh, you bet, yeah. <laughs> All right. And another uh, Tome Show newcomer, we have Jason Shamblin. Tell us a little bit about who you are, sir. Yeah, that's also about as close as you could get as an American, so good job on the last name there. <laughs> um um, Jason, I've been I'm 44 years old. I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons and other role playing games since I've got hooked on the original Redbox set way back in the day, mm. and so I have probably accumulated, lost, and accumulated again uh, a, a wide variety of, of Dungeons and Dragons paraphernalia over the years. And so the, I <clears throat> took a special interest in the rebinding, and thanks for having me on, because I wanted to preserve things. Because I know if I keep things nice, I will keep them for years and years and years. Generally, at least at this stage of my life, I will. And so I wanted to make sure that I could protect my investment, so to speak. Uh, I'm generally the dungeon master. Um, I run a uh, homebrew campaign right now uh, that uh, is going to steal shamelessly uh, from Tomb of Annihilation and other sources. Kind of, kind of cross that with Numenera, and you can kind of get an idea of, of where I'm going for. Um, I also play in a Pathfinder campaign weekly, and uh, in Gen Con, I fell in love with Starfinder. Um, and so I have a rebound that book as well, uh, unfortunately, due to the same circumstances. Yeah, sure. We'll have to meet up at Gen Con some year. I, I go almost every year except for this this year. It's the only year I haven't gone in like ages. So. 
Yeah, it's awesome, and I'm, I'm also going to be uh, PAX Unplugged because uh, they're first time out of the gate, so I'm looking forward to that in November yeah, as well. Absolutely. Well, see, I'm a teacher, so I can't – if it's not in the summer, I can't go. I've got to, you know – I can't justify being gone from school uh, for, for, you know, just give them home. conventions. Yeah. Let's give them homework. I mean, just sounds like this. a field. I'll back next week. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like an opportunity to me, Jeff. I don't, I don't know. But. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably. Uh, so so people who are listening may remember that we are taking a little bit of a break. We were doing a, an in-depth series uh, examining each class for D&D. Uh, we're giving that a break until the new year. And so we can sort of uh, pop into some other advice topics along the way. Today is all about rebinding books every now and then through normal wear and tear or binding problems on the part of the publisher. <coughs> Starfinder, first edition of uh, first printing of the of fifth edition, right? Those kinds of things um, happen, right? So books fall apart, they, their pages start to fall out. Uh, but we are here to tell you that all is not lost. We're going to share three different strategies for how to handle it uh, if that kind of thing happens to you. Before we do, I want to say thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com slash the slash the tome show it's a growing community of folks who support us and they are awesome plus i often try to give them a a first chance to to help us decide sort of what we're going to talk about and what we're going to look at in the show I want to thank our new patrons, Andrew Harshman, Christopher Gray, uh, and I'm also going to say thanks to Peter Klikowski, because uh, I'm not sure if I remember to say uh, to thank him a few months ago when he joined in, plus our longtime uh, patrons, Stephen Robertson, Leonard Peltier, uh, Jeremiah McCoy, Robert Aducci, Matt Bible, Doug Palmer, and Mark Richman. Uh, they all need to be thanked because they are awesome. Uh, so they're a great and supportive community, uh, the, probably the most supportive in, in community in podcasting, uh, and I want to thank them for being part of it. Now, on to what we're here for, rebinding our books. Uh, so I mentioned that we have three different, uh, three very different sort of uh, approaches and strategies to this. And I want to go through sort of the process and advantages of each. But first, I want to ask, why do we make the decision to rebind books? Um, um, anybody have, a, have an insight into that? What, what, what brings us to the point that we decide to, to tear apart our books and, and rebind them? Um, for me, it was necessity, honestly. Um... When my um, first printing book uh, fell apart, it was the Monster Manual first because mm-hmm. I was, as a dungeon master, using it a little bit more, I guess, than the uh, player handbook. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just half a year after the Indie Fifth Edition came out, and um, back then it seems that I contacted uh, Wizards uh, Support, mm-hmm. uh, Wizards of the Coast Support, and they said, "Well, then send it in." And since I'm in Europe, it would cost me about twenty bucks to send in my book, and that's about as much as you pay for a mm. book. Uh, it seems to have recently changed the policy uh, that you ju- that they just when you show them evidence that it's broken, that they just sent you a. A replacement, so that's good, good and good on their part. I think that policy is very, very nice because, again, as someone who's not from the U.S., it, shipping can be expensive. Um, so yeah, it was the was an easy or easier way and less expensive way to try to fix the issue. And the issue I had was basically the book falling apart, um, pages getting loose, and before I starting to lose different pages, um, yeah, I thought I, I'd rather do something about it. Yeah, and, and I had a similar experience, I guess. My, my books were falling apart. In fact, they'd been falling apart for years, and I'd never really you know, pulled the trigger and done something about it. Uh, and then a few months ago, I finally got on it and, and co- contacted Wizards Customer Support, like you said. And, and like you said, they just said, hey, yep, that looks bad. We'll send you a new copy. Feel free to keep the old one. Uh, but that said, I've also heard 
uh, through some online communities that some people are getting that treatment and some people are not. And so if, if you go through that process with Wizards customer support, you might get new books without having to send the old ones in, or you might have to send the old ones in. Uh, at least a few months ago when I looked, the, the official language on the customer support page says you're going to have to send it in. Um, and that's what it said when I went through it. And then they didn't, they don't make everybody actually send it in. So uh, your, your mileage may vary there uh, in terms of whether or not you're going to, to get another book out of it um, without sending it in or not. So uh, Jason, what's, what's your story? I mean, very similar. Uh, my player's handbook uh, for fifth edition uh, was affected by the death curse um, about three to four months ago. And then right after Gen Con, I mean, I, I bought the Starfinder core rule book, super excited, um, got it home. And within a week, um, it was, you know, sloughing pages. So it was, it, was a, it was a big mess. By that time, I had already rebound uh, my player's handbook and Dungeon Master's Guide into a single volume just because, you know, why not just have this huge, huge book I can reference. Um, but that was the same way. It wasn't anything I did intentionally. I like to keep things as pristine and, and as and nice as possible. So I would never just like intentionally gut my books just for the, just for the heck of it. Um, but I needed something that was going to be sturdy and I needed a replacement that I knew would last and um, well, that I wouldn't have to worry about this with it again. And I went through the Wizards uh, thing and I actually uh, has a similar but different situation with Paizo about it. But at the time, my decision to rebound was just based on impatience and needing to run a game and not wanting to lose pages. So uh, that's what really spurred me to action. It was only after I'd already started the rebinding process that I somebody was like, oh, hey, by the way, you know, if you contact Wizards and give them photos of what happened or tell them their story, um, they might send you new books. So I luckily had taken photos of it because I wanted to show um, some of the bookbinders that I was talking to, like what I was dealing with before I drove all the way over there. And so I had the photos available. And when I sent them in, sure enough, they sent me a brand new book that is now my wife's player's handbook. Oh, there you go. Um, so we were able to, you know, use the whole buffalo, so to speak. Absolutely, yeah. No, and I, I work with uh, middle school students and, and also run an after-school gaming club with them. So a lot of them carry around uh, their gaming books with them. And I can tell you that that uh, people are not always gentle with their <laughs> their books. Uh, and so I've seen more than – and actually one of the players in my, in my regular game is the same way. And he's not a middle school child, so it's, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, kids – not being careful, but uh, but people aren't always gentle with their books, and when you're not too gentle with the books, they do come apart. the The binding process uh, I discovered was is not so. There's I guess there's a couple of ways of binding, and I'm not an expert on the issue, but I know that you know you can have a long page and then it gets folded and and bound that way. Uh, and but that's not the process that is used for these game books. Each page of, of the in the book it's glued, yeah. yeah it's a separate page and it's been glued in uh sort of in a stack like that so uh if the glue starts to give if you leave it in a hot car too long and it start you know it, whatever um the glue starts to give way and the pages start to, to fall out they're not attached on the other end to another page so um it's a little easier i think in that process for that to happen i imagine it's also a cheaper binding process especially for really thick books and that's probably why they do it that way so yeah, for sure. I still have my second edition uh, player's handbook here, mm. which I got as I was a kid, and I was not very gentle to it. I must admit. Yeah. And it the the book back, uh, which which kind of shows out uh, as you put it into a bookcase, right? It broke off actually because I was so right. Mm. But still, it it just keeps together because it's been sewn together, right? You have these. Small yeah. um, book booklets, and then kind of these booklets kind of put together to 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 form the entire book. 
and since they're sewn together, um, yeah, it's, it's much more sturdy. But I, I, I assume it's also much more expensive. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> so, so I, th- I think that's the kind of stuff going on. I, it also seems to me, and I don't have this experience because my book didn't fall apart just from abuse, so to speak. Um, or my books didn't fall apart. I have both the Monster Manual and the Player's Handbook that I that I was dealing with. Um, but it's worth noting that I think if 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 you let it go too long, the pages will start to get worn, and your your rebinding options become more limited at that point. Um, especially if they're being worn along the binding edge, uh, because there's less that can be attached to it if it's starting to to crack or or tear or fall apart or whatever. So. I think that's a consideration. Any other considerations people might want to consider before they make the decision to to go out and rebind their books? I mean, I like I said, if it's not broken, don't fix it. I mean, I, I hate to you know mess with anything like the original artwork. So I guess you know I, if you're just doing it because you want to do it, maybe you want to combine multiple volumes in a single tome or something like that. I mean, you do you, but I tend like I treat my books with the reverence of like a candle keep librarian. I do <laughs> not. I don't even loan them out. Like you can come and use my copy, but provided there's no like Dorito dust on your hands or anything like that, right? Like you can look at mine, but uh, I try to take very good care of them. But the one thing I would note is that it's it tends to be, I guess, happen more with the thicker books. Like when you get past that 300 page count with this glue, um, it looks like that's when it starts to really become an issue mm. more often than the thinner books. And this is anecdotal from me talking to different people in the community have had this happen. And I'm even eyeing my, my original Pathfinder book, which has seen less use because I'm not running the game constantly. I just reference it when as a player. Mm-hmm. And there's so many digital options now that I, I don't really get it out that much. Um, but even that, I'm, I'm kind of eyeing nervously now because you know the, that and Starfinder both were just kind of monstrous manu- manuals, right. so to speak. Um, so that's what I was really looking for is like you know eyeballing like the quality of the bind when you've got that many pages. And that... I might be getting off track a little bit, but that's kind of what, if you're going to offer the limited edition volume, like the special you know, edition of your book, like I, I know Starfinder did, I just did, they ran out before I could get one. <clears throat> My understanding is the binding is the same process. It's just got a fancier cover, right? It's got mm-hmm. a fancier you know, back to it. I would happily pay more money for a better bind as part of my legendary edition. Yeah, especially if you're paying more for a special edition or whatever, right? Absolutely. Like, that to me is money well spent because now I'm buying, like, the OtterBox version of your book. Right. Right? I want something that's going to last through loving but heavy regular use. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to offer an upscale, I'd rather the upscale money go towards keeping the book in in the best possible condition Mm -hmm. rather than just, you know, another fancy graphic or some kind of alternate material on the cover. Yeah, maybe better paper, better binding, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I, I I have to say I typically tend to see this on bigger books. Although I have been losing pages in one of my um, one of my adventures uh, for fifth edition. I don't remember if it was Out of the Abyss or Princes of the Apocalypse, but in one of those, I'm starting to lose pages on that too. Um, mm. Just for, just from having it sitting out on my on my table as I'm playing, you know, with stuff sitting on top of it, so it's being squished flat or whatever. Uh, I know that's kind of rough on it, and I'm not going to rebind it because I'm probably only going to run the the storyline once, and then it's going to sit on my shelf. So I'm not going to to bother with that. But I am I am losing pages on some of the thinner uh, adventure books as well. So yeah, I'm 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 starting to get to the point where um, I'm only considering buying physical copies of the core rulebooks. Mm. And then going completely digital when it comes to adventure modules and things like that. Because half the time, I'm pulling them out a chapter at a time and hacking on them and rewriting my own thing. Um, so I'm printing pages out or I'm, I'm making notations on like a digital copy or an, or an accompanying Word doc. 
or something like that where I'm, I'm changing a bunch and I wouldn't, I would never write in or like, you know, other than maybe a post-it note in my actual hard copy books. So I'm, so I'm kind of doing double duty where I'm, I've got a digital and a physical mm-hmm. currently. So I might as well just go full digital with it. And I find that that kind of translates easier if I'm using a VTT or if I'm doing live gaming at the house, I can still manage to always pull up. Like an, an iPad is a miraculous device, it turns out, for <laughs> sure. having a lot of books at your disposal. And so I've kind of gotten over my kind of older grognard habits and realizing that like it's not maybe it's not even worth the risk of having the physical media unless it's like I said that I, I can't get over having that core rule book be the 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 main tome I guess of of you know any RPG that I'm playing. Yeah, and that gets a little trickier with fifth edition because Wizards doesn't have a, a very extensive offering of digital versions of books. Uh, I suppose you have. Uh, you're getting close to to something um, with D and D Beyond, but but legally there's not a, a great way of picking. It's not like you can just go out and buy a PDF to carry on your iPad wherever you go and, and whatever you're doing, right? Um, so that certainly yeah, puts a damper on and, some of that. Oh, and Jeff, we could do an entire episode about my feelings of buying the hard copy, buying the Roll Twenty version. Look, oh, by the way, maybe Fantasy Grounds, and oh, what's this? Right. You know, D and D Beyond business, and why can't Thanks I just buy the copy? Why, yeah, why can't I just buy my one hard copy and then I have now purchased the material regardless right. of platform? But I, like I said, I, I will die on that hill another day. Sure, and that's and that's a, a much bigger topic as you mentioned. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, yeah, and, and there's reasons behind all of that, and I and I'm I'm I, I I've talked to the Watsy guys enough that I kind of have a sense of why that might be, uh, why it feels like we have to buy the book 17 times, uh, and it has to do with you know. The business end of that, uh, and and the licensing process, and what have you, but it certainly sucks for us as consumers, right? Yeah, right, and it's and that's the thing is I I, I always assume good, so right. I don't think it's like Wizards is trying to reach into my pockets several right. times. I, I that's not what I'm saying at all. It's more about the business models catching up to the 21st century. Right, it's it's, um, it's a and, hassle and a pain in the butt. So yeah. Or, or the concept of like maybe I already own the material, but I want to pay for this service. I will happily pay you for the service, but can I get a credit on the material I already right. own? There, smarter minds than mine will figure this out one day. Um, <laughs> but but that does kind of now influence my purchasing decision about where should I buy? Mm-hmm. Where should I buy Tomb of the Annihilation? I mean, you know, where if I if there's a, a, a huge dis, deep discount on Steam of like Fantasy Grounds, all this digital content, should I just grab it? Which is of course I did because I'm I have a problem um, and. <laughs> Then use that digital version to be kind of my touchstone for the for the digital con- content that I want. Even if I'm not running the fantasy ground game, just mm-hmm. to be able to pull it up digitally whenever I need to. Sure. So that the, you know, the, anyway, these are, I guess, roundabout way of saying there's a lot of complex decisions now in the books that I buy and how much of them are, are actually books now. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because of the the binding problems that I've had. Is I the last thing I want to do. And Wizards was great. Um, but I don't want to go through the hassle of being down a book or buying a book and then feel like I have to rebuy it or pay to upscale it myself just to get a, a, a durable product. Yeah, and I try, so, not, I try not to complain too much about having to rebuy books uh, every now and then because I get a lot of products from Wizards uh, as review copies uh, because of the podcast. So, you know, I try to throw them some money every now and then if at least if I have to rebuy something. J- uh, Simon, you were going to say something? Yeah, so I just buy the physical copies um, and so... Getting back to the topic, um, but what might be another positive side of the rebinding process is I actually digitized my own versions mm. because I had the pages <laughs> lying around, quite literally, mm-hmm. and it was really easy to do. Um, so since I had the pages like on, on a one-by-one, like loose version in the end because the way how I did the rebinding, uh, just to explain what I did actually, maybe that should 
have been said. Well, and we'll go um, through through the, your process in a moment, but yeah. Okay. Okay. You, so you, you had all the pages loose. We can leave. I, I, yeah, I, I had the pages loose, and I just digitized them for myself because, again, there's no PDF version that you can download mm-hmm. um, from Wizards. Um, yeah, and I have them at the at my fingertips as well. And um, and, I, and yeah. I don't think there's any legal issues with with digitizing products that are yours that are that are your own and you're not sharing. I think that's uh, legally acceptable. I'm not a lawyer, but that's my understanding. It is in Germany, at least. So okay. if you guys over the pond have a problem with it, that's your problem, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> no, I just I just give all my books to Jeff. So when he goes to Germany, he can just rebind them all there and yeah, digitize sure. everything. Bring <laughs> yeah, it back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I muted my mic because I was actually slapping my forehead for not thinking to digitize while I had everything next yeah. in that state. It seems like the most obvious thing now, and I'm kicking myself. So uh, for future reference, I guess. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Uh, I didn't. I did also did not do that, and that would have been fantastic because then I would have had a PDF on my on my iPad. I could run everything from, and uh, that's what I prefer to do when 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 possible. So, <clears throat> okay, so so let's go through our three processes. Uh, we've mentioned that the three of us have have three very different um, methods that we use to solve this problem. Sort of. Uh, the same concept, but but three different approaches. Uh, and we're going to start from what I'm perceiving as um, fanciest to to simplest. Is that maybe that's not the right way to describe it? But you'll we'll see where we go with that. So we're going to start with somebody who had it professionally rebound, and I think that's you, Jason. Yes, that's correct. All right. So t- tell us a little bit about your process. Uh, what what did you go through in order to make this happen? Sure. Well, it's actually very easy. My uh, my wife's an author, so I'm around books and all these kinds of things, and so I, I'm vaguely aware of this this book binding process just on the periphery. Um, and so when my player's handbook uh, finally went kaput, um, and I wanted to get a replacement, I started looking around. I just did a search here in DC for book. Bind- Got to be somebody around here that still does that trade craft. And sure enough, I found one like 15 minutes from our house. Um, that I had a good reputation. It looked like they were, you know, solid business for you know many many years. On you know during according to their website, what and I just did what I always do when I'm out of my depth. I asked a professional, um, "Here's my problem." I presented the book. What can you do to a doctor? Can we save the patient? And you know, the gentleman took a look at it and you know basically gave me the the uh, assessment of really nice page quality. We can do a lot with this. This binding is terrible. And I was obviously, yes, I would agree with that at this point because it was in pieces. Um, and then he proceeded to kind of ask me like, well, you know, you know, you're, you realize you're going to lose the cover, right? We got to do this. We, you know, we got to bind it. Here's some options. And he started pulling out different options he could do for me. And it was like a myriad of, of things. It's like going to Home Depot and trying to pick out paint or something um, or, you know, some other you know process where it's like you maybe think there's going to be three options. And now there's like 57 that have been you know, straight in front of you. Um, but the guy was great and it was well worth my time and investment because my thought was at the time is like, if I can, I can hack this together to myself, but this is going to mean time and time is probably my most valuable resource at, at this point in my life. And number one, number two, do I trust myself to do as good a job as this person is doing? Mm-hmm. And that answer was clearly no. Um, you know, I'm the person that runs to Home Depot to fix the cabinet and as I've had to run back three other times for all the other cabinets I screwed up in the process. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Now, I'm not really uh, what I would call handy. So um, running through the options with him and then getting an estimate, it ended up being about 100 bucks. And the, the cool thing about it was is when I said, so, you know, that stings, you know, but I understand that this is something knowing me and knowing how I keep books, at least post 30, <laughs> how I keep books. Early in my 20s may be a little bit different, but I, I will never get rid of these. I will archive them. I will keep them. I love going back to older editions just like I love going back to older video game consoles or other things that I just – 
hold on to for either sentimental value or to break them out one day and, and, and play with them again. And so for me, knowing that I'm going to be running different groups, I'm going to be accessing the books on a, a weekly basis, it seemed like that's a, that's a pretty good investment. And then it kind of, what I guess really pushed me over the edge, he said, I asked him, I said, well, what about if I, if I had another book around the same thickness? Because I'm thinking about my DMG and just kind of like preventive maintenance at this point. I'm thinking like, I'm always having these two books with me every time I run the game. Why not just put them into one thing that I can take with me? And there was no additional cost to do that because he's like, mm-hmm. it's the binding process, the process of the process, the materials of the materials. So I ended up getting sort of a two for one in that in that regard and talked down the price a little a, a little bit with him um, and was thrilled with the results. So I was without my books for maybe two weeks um, and came back and picked it up. And I've just been uh, astounded with with how nice it is. How many continents? Also nice because I get nice comments on it. I've got my name embossed on the front of it, so I'm mm-hmm. never going to get accused if I go to a convention with anybody else's books. Like I, when I lay down the black and red Bible, people know it's time to roll initiative. <laughs> like it's, it's 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 on right, and so I, I love it. Um, and sure enough, like the the pages are nicely sewn into the binding, so they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did the same thing when the Starfinder did. I went. I didn't even think twice. Like the minute it showed signs of of having the same um, affliction. I took it right back and, and did the same thing because I was so happy with it. Only this time, I was smart enough and remembered to do kind of like the ribbon in the middle so to kind of hold my place and mm-hmm. add a little bit more functionality to it, which I wish I would have done in the first place. But mm-hmm. uh, So I've been thrilled with it, and uh, they're getting a lot of heavy use, And I, but I'm confident based on the professional that I went to that I chose the right materials and the right way to do things that I can get a lot of use out of them for years and years to come. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's. It sounds to me like the advantage, the advantages are abundant, and the big disadvantages is that's not a cheap price. Like you could have bought two more players' handbooks for that price, you know. Right, and that, and that's the thing. Like when the and I, if you permit me, like that's when the when the Starfinder did it. I was I was real ticked because at the same time I was I was going around and, and hearing the how widespread this was with Paizo. And there was kind of a lot of information and misinformation kind of cluttering up various threads on how willing they were to, you know, were to do the same thing that Wizards had done. And I, I and so I was, like, you know, mildly, you know, irritated with the whole process, but I, I didn't make, let that influence my decision. I was like, I know I've already, I'm throwing good money after bad at this point, but this is not like a something cost fallacy. I know once I spend this money, I should never have to do it again hmm. um, because I'm, I'm, you know, putting the investment in it that will protect these. And unless it's on me. Right, and me abusing my books or not, or not taking care of them, natural wear and tear should never be a, an issue with me again when it comes to these manuals. So, I did that, and then it, I did the song and dance with with Paizo for a number of weeks because they were being inundated, and I feel badly for them. I mean, sure, if we're doing this, but what they ended up doing is rather than sending me a new Starfinder book, they just they credited my Gen Con receipt. Mm. So they, I sent them a copy of my receipt. I sent them pictures of the books, and then they, so they just co- like basically reimbursed me the purchase price of the book, mm-hmm. um, and that's so I didn't feel like okay, now I'm at one hundred and sixty dollars or whatever the case may be. Now right. you know it's like eighty five when I think it was all said and done. And you got which, credit for that, which you could buy other Pathfinder stuff with. Absolutely. Well, to me, that eighty five dollars that I spent would have been what I would have happily spent on an like we talked about, like on an edition that was bound professionally from the first place. Mm-hmm. For more, for you know that 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 upscaled limited edition, that's in my wheelhouse. Uh, Role playing books, you know, and this hobby, not cheap. Depending on it, can be it can be. You know, you can play with M and M's as your minis, and you can draw up hand maps on a piece of paper, and it can be extremely cheap. It can also run the gamut like any great hobby, I guess, to the level of ridiculousness with how much money you're willing to put into it. And thank God my house is not big enough for Dwarven Forge, I, or my sickness would take over, and I'd have <laughs> a bunch of that stuff as well. Um, but I'm spending and investing in my hobbies and what I do and how I spend my times. And I look at it this way. I'm not buying, I'm not 
I'm not paying you know, 85 or whatever for, for this book. I'm paying 85 to make sure I've got the resources I need to have a great time with my friends every week. Well, and, 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 and as friend of the show, Mike Shea would point out, it, it's still cheaper than golf, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and the number of hours of, of play that you get out of, out of the investment for a gaming book is, is so much bigger than, than a movie or, or a lot of so many other th- th- forms of entertainment. So. Yeah, and I would agree with Mike. I've never once gotten ticked off at my books and want to throw them at a tree and cuss. So, right. yeah, I'm there with him. It's, it's much better than golf. Okay. Uh, but, and you, it sounded like the Starfinder book you managed to get rebound a little cheaper. You said, cause uh, I no, I, I basically the, guy, the, the original estimate for both books was like around a hundred bucks, right? Because this guy was like, you know, ba- you know, here's what I think it's going to take, this and that, whatever. And so, because I came back for repeat business, essentially within a couple months, and wanted another project done, um, it ended up I ended up talking him down a little bit. Um, okay. And so that was just me because like, like any like I just bargain. It's what I do. Like I, you know, I think all MSRP is the suggested price, and I take that to heart. So when I'm dealing with a, a craftsman or an individual person who is setting their own price for goods and services, I will generally try to see what I can do because that's how I am. Sure. Um, but within reason, because I want to compensate people fairly for their time. But you know, it, it, if 100 to 85, it's only 15 bucks, but it's still like you know, got it. I put it to you this way: it was a more reasonable price I was willing to tell my wife. Okay, sure. Because so, it was two numbers instead of three numbers. Right there, you go. Now, now it sounds to me like the, your your process beyond finding this person was was take it in as as it was, and they did all the unbinding for their pages that were still attached and and everything else, and uh, and then rebound it for you. Is that right? Yeah, it was. It's like writing a letter to Santa, man. Once it once it was done, I didn't have to think about it. I just came back a few you know weeks later, and there was a brand new book. Right. Uh, the most I had to do was basically go through the the I guess like the showroom showcase and you know, pick out like you know. What binding do you want, and you know what? Do you, how how you want to what do you want to be on the cover, and kind of you know what fonts and things like that, and so you you know, just kind of work out that. But once it was out of my hands, it was out of my hands, which I appreciated because I could just get back to doing other things and not have to to worry about it. Absolutely, yeah, and and that's a little different than. Um than what my process and I suspect what uh, Simon's process looked like as well. So I think the the next. Um, fanciest i guess uh option uh that i'm gonna go with is i think mine um was the next step down uh and it's it's a significant step down i don't think there's as big of a difference between my my method and simon's method as there is between jason's method and my method if, if that makes sense um my method was i also took it to professionals and by professionals i mean office depot uh, and so my, my pages are coming apart. Everything, everything's um, falling out, but some things are still attached and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's coming out in chunks, so it's like you got a, a chunk of like 20 pages still stuck together, but they're not, no longer in the rest of the book. And that's sort of, I imagine, I imagine that's a typical um, <laughs> uh, experience that people have as their books fall apart. Uh, and so I took it into Office Depot because I had heard from somebody else uh, online, a friend of mine online, who had said, oh, yeah, this happened to me. I took it into Office Depot. Um, they they cut the pages out. They rebound them, spiral bound them. Uh, I came back an hour later and it was done and it was super cheap. And I'm like, well, that sounds like a really good deal because I was getting ready to like – I was looking up DIY videos about how do I like – take this apart and rebind it and what's the process and what do I have to do and all that. So I'm like, I'll just take it into Office Depot and see what they say. Uh, and what they said was, 
yeah, we're not going to cut those anymore. Like we used to do that and we got in trouble with some people because we, we you know, they weren't happy with how well we cut them and how straight of a cut it was or whatever. So you cut it, bring us the loose pages and we can do something with it. And I'm like, okay, well, I thought it was going to be super easy and cheap because <laughs> that's what other people had reported happening. It wasn't quite uh, as easy and cheap. And so I brought it home uh, and I had amazingly a little bit of free time, not something that I run into very often. And I went through the process of having to unbind the book myself, uh, which meant removing the cover. And to do so, you you know, I get my X-Acto knife or whatever, and I, I you have to open the book and you unbind it from the inside first, and you sort of cut the the binding off from there until the pages sort of come out. Uh, and then and, and sort of work, you know you work down down the the page from there. Um, then I get out my metal ruler and I cut along the pages and I try to keep the metal ruler there and, and do as many cuts as possible so I can at least make sure there's a chunk of pages that have, you know, roughly the same cut. Uh, and then I, and then there's a little edge, right? Cause you're just cutting the glue off, but it takes a, a tiny bit of the paper with it. So you try to keep it as even as possible. Um, and, and you just keep making a cut and you keep doing that, you know, five, 10, 20 pages at a time until you get the whole book removed. Uh, which, which is a bit of a, a chore and I got better at it with time. Um, and I ended up, I still had my covers, uh, at the end of it. And, and that was something I was trying to salvage. Um, it turns out I talked to some people afterwards and they're like, oh yeah, no, I knew I wasn't gonna be able to salvage the covers. So I scanned them and printed the, the covers out on cardstock and then just had that bound because I wasn't sure if they would actually be able to spiral bind the covers and it turns out they can't. Uh, the cover's too thick for their machine to put the the holes in it to spiral bind. I'm like, oh, well, that's too bad. Um, but I, I came up with my own sort of DIY solution to how to handle the covers. Uh, and that solution was, since they couldn't bind it, I, I had them put just clear plastic covers on on Office Depot who, who you know, straightened it out and you know i made sure all the pages were in order because i didn't trust them to double check that so i you know all the page i double checked every single page flipped through every single one made sure they were in order made sure they were all straightened out took it into office depot uh and then they spiral bound it in with plastic covers and then i took the covers from the actual books that i said i cleaned up a little bit and i i glued you know how when you buy like a plastic cover for for a report that you might have done in, in in school at some point, and they have the little slide on uh, edge, you know, to hold the pages together. Right, right. Uh, so I just bought some of those covers, and I and I just used the the slide on edge, and I super glued it onto the covers just to protect that rough edge where I'd cut it, and then glued oh, all, okay. and then glued super glued all of that onto the plastic covers of the spiral bound book. So, but the original covers are all still there. Um, it turns out there's disadvantages to that. Like the advantages, like it worked really well and it looks good. It's all fine. The disadvantages, I, at one point I realized my, my natural inclination with a spiral bound book, cause I'm used to it from notebooks or whatever, is just take the whole thing and flip it completely open. Right. So not just laying flat, right. flip it so that the back part is now, you know, or the front part is now on the back. Uh, but because I have those guards on there, it created a, a little too much thickness and I can't, I can't, I can go flat, but I can't go much further past flat. Um, before or those those guards bump into each other, um, which is a little bit of a pain. But but you know, considering I, I got a free book out of Watsi out of it, they let me keep this one. Uh, I wasn't too. Um, I, I was okay with a little bit of experimentation and seeing how things went. 
Yeah, I didn't, um, and I, and I probably should have, and I apologize. I, I actually did so much of my covers, and and I did have a bit of creativity. I'm, I so I had three covers. I had the DMG, the Player's Handbook, and now the Starfinder mm-hmm. core book. So I, I kept them all. I made them into dice trays. Oh, that's good. Um, so I took like a, you know, went to Michaels and spent a couple bucks on like frame, just picture frames, glued that in where the the bottom pages would be like on, you know, as you open mm-hmm. the front cover, uh, put a little felt in the bottom of it, and then lined them with a, you know, a little bit of like a. Yeah, like a foam, mm-hmm. so they wouldn't just like rattle against like the middle of the frame. And then uh, it turns out they sell like the um, the dry erase stuff in those sheets, mm-hmm. like rolls of it. So I just cut that out and put it on the inside cover. So there's now there's a dry erase. And then when you open the book, there's a dry erase cover and then the felt lined dice tray. So I made three of those: one to my wife, one to myself, and one of my good friends that yeah. I hooked hooked on the hobby. So go. I felt like again I was able to like utilize this stuff a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome. Feel like I was wasting it. Yes, yeah, there's all kinds of great ideas. Like I wish I had thought to to scan the covers and uh, you know, and then they could have put them in as covers, and it would have looked like it, even though it was, you know, uh, not as thick and a little more pliable and whatever. That would that would have been a great idea, and then I could have done something new, new and interesting with the covers, like you did. Uh, but I didn't, uh, and that's fine. And ultimately, the whole the whole shebang, including buying the the report plastic report covers with those ends and and rebinding the two books the the player's handbook and the monster manual uh, the whole process took maybe 20 minutes and they charged me five bucks or something for the binding like it was super cheap that's right uh, yeah I mean five bucks for the rebinding and I paid probably five or six bucks for the for the report covers and and that's that and then it was, but it was time right it was time to cut all those pages and try to get them just right and it was time to to glue everything back together and, and get that right I, I didn't want to lose all of the covers um, the the I guess it's not at the cover page but the inside you know the page the right inside the cover page that's blank right. it's the just the black, one. The, the black page yeah I have I have signatures from the designers from the Watsi guys on that one from the first Gen Con when it first came out. And I'm like, oh, I really don't want to lose that. And so I managed to salvage that in the whole process. Um, my only complaint is that, uh, besides I can't flip the whole book inside out, um, is that they they messed up like literally two pages of the player's handbook when they, when they put it through the machine and, and punched the holes for the spiral bind. Uh, they didn't get it in all the way. And so um, the binding doesn't, doesn't hold. Right, um, mm. it, it, like it starts off fine. It's for about you know, four inches, it's fine, and then for the last you know four inches or so, it's not connected at all to the spiral binding. I'm like, oh, it's just it's just the end page and and one page of the appendix. But still, it's like oh, that's going to drive me crazy because that's going to be so easy to just accidentally tear out. Right. Um, you know, so I have to be real careful when I'm using that one. So, uh, and that wasn't a, a problem with the process. That was just an issue with um, you know. They made a mistake when I brought it in, and I didn't feel the need to complain too much because they charged me five bucks for the whole thing anyway. So, yeah, I think the the only sacrifice I, I really made, and it, it hurt, it stung, because like I said, I try to keep everything as close to Christian condition as I can. Is that the Starfinder the book? When you open that up, that those first pages on the front and the back are like the map of the universe, mm-hmm. and I had to I had to lose those in mm-hmm. that process because there was no way to salvage because they were like literally glued to the, the the back of the cover right uh, on both sides. So I, that that stung a little bit, but I mean you know I I can get that digitally or wherever else I need to get it you know um, just to have the map. So it was, but it still it, it hurt a little bit to say like you know not being able to salvage the entire thing because of there not being a, a divide just a a blank divider page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's and that's that's sort of like me with my with my autographs, right? 
I mean, where else am I going to find a, a, a doodle by Mike Merles of a carrion crawler besides the inside of my heart's handbook, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a super simple process because I had to do all that cutting and it wasn't perfect and it wasn't uh, – and the cutting process is, is tricky, um, trying to get it just right and, and – um, you got to make sure you get all the glue off because some of the some of the, there are some instances, and I think this goes to the quality of the of the binding that they did, where the glue actually comes out past the binding. So I'd end up with two pages or three pages that were stuck together, you know, a good quarter of an inch into the page, way beyond where the binding was supposed to be, and I'd have to tear them just a little bit to make it work, or um, you know, and so that was a thing. Uh, but that has to do with their binding, not the process. Um, so, what, so, what were you? What were you using to cut away? Just out of curiosity, just like a straight razor, exacto knife. What, what, what yeah, was your so weapon I, so of choice? I, so my wife used to do scrapbooking, and so I we had some of that stuff, okay. and so I just had a cutting mat and, and an exacto knife and a, and a metal ruler. So, I, uh, and I would set the metal ruler. So after you've cut a few pages, you know you've got kind of a. A, a, an edge of where the binding used to be, right? <laughs> that that right, right, right. with, with a, the very edge of a bunch of pages on it, uh, and so I would put the the ruler up next to that edge, like on the page next to the edge, so that they were so you know I could just just fit the blade in between the two and then run it down. So I, so I figured that was pretty. I would get a pretty darn close cut that way uh, of getting it in the exact same spot. So. Did you do any like um, any like research, you know, on like how to do this process? But like, I know myself if I was if I committed to do that, I'd be looking at like three dozen like YouTube videos if I could find them before setting. Yeah, like, what's watched, the best routine or yeah, the best I method? At, I looked at a lot of stuff, and uh, this was one of the processes I saw. There's also people who talk about using uh, a hair dryer, and if you crank up the heat on a hairdryer and run it up, up, up and down on that binding enough, you can actually loosen the glue enough that sometimes you can just start pulling pages out. Um, yeah, okay. I did not go through that process. It, it turned out once I started cutting, I'm like, because you still have to take the binding off for that point. So I was already cutting. Uh, and then I quickly realized like pages were coming out easier than I expected. And uh, it still has enough of a margin. I was pretty sure that I'd be able to bind it without a problem. And I was. Um, so, so pulling it out through the glue that way uh, seemed like a significantly longer hassle and complicated enough that I, I could see the potential for things going wrong that I just mm-hmm. said, you know what, I'm just going to do it this way because putting a, a blade onto a piece of paper I know will cut that paper, right? Right. Uh, and I can sort of do it that way. So, how, I have to know, like, how nervous were you making your first incision? Um. I was nervous. I didn't want to do it, right? Because you don't want to cut up your your books. Um, but ultimately, like they were cut up, they were cut up anyway, and they'd already been replaced. Like the new ones from Watsi had already arrived. I, I, I wouldn't put the okay. I wouldn't put the knife to the book until I had the replacement books in hand. <laughs> <laughs> like I was waiting for that and those you, to arrive, and then I started cutting you, immediately. You made sure your new book was watching as a warning. Yeah, that's right. See this? <laughs> Don't mess with me, <laughs> right? Uh, and I started, exactly. And I started with the monster manual because I wanted to make sure I kind of had the practice and knew what I was doing before I did the player's handbook um, because that's the one that had the signatures in it, so I wanted to make sure I, I had it down. Gotcha. And the player's handbook, um, I don't know, while I use the monster manual probably more as a DM, the monster Ma- uh, the player's handbook feels like it's like it's so essential to the game, like it's the it's sort of the heart of right. the game, and I didn't want to mess it up. Um, so yeah, so so yeah, it was it was nerve wracking, but eventually it's like yeah, I've already got the replacement. I, I just have to I have to dig in and do it because otherwise the whole thing is just trash anyway. So I might as well try to salvage it. 
So, so there you go. Nice. That was my process. It cost me five bucks for two books, you know, and, and a couple of plastic ends. So, and had I do it, had I to do it over again, I would probably um, investigate different ways of, of protecting those ends, those rough ends, instead of that, just so I could get a little more of a, a bend on it. So, right, right. And doing the cover differently. Now, Simon. Mm-hmm. You went. You went real uh, more uh, of a DIY approach. One hundred percent. One hundred percent DIY. You did not take it to any professionals. Yes. I was professional enough. <laughs> you, you you are enough of a professional. So tell us. Uh, what, I guess. What was your? What did you do? And what was your process? So, I had a lot of sleeves lying around from other projects in the past, and I just thought to myself, well, why not just sleeve every single page? Oh, wow. So that's basically what I did. Um, so obviously I had to do the same thing that you did, Jeff, um, basically cutting apart the book and loosening every single page, making sure that I had singles, mm-hmm. right? Um, I did it a little bit different than you, I think. Um, basically what I did is I cut uh, also the entire book out of the cover. Mm-hmm. So the um, so I had all the pages in one big block, except the pages that broke off earlier, obviously. Sure. And then I also used an X-Acto knife um, to cut in from from the back where the um, where the cover was before uh, into the book basically. F- through, so I went through the um, glue first, okay. and I and this way I really didn't cut mu- off much of the paper mm-hmm. because basically I just cut through the glue which was between one and the other page, since these these are single pages anyways, right? Mm-hmm. So you, um, so you cut like like into the binding where the glue is. I mean, the the, the yes, cover's not there. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. I cut cut through. Like basically, I had the book in, lying in front of me, just without the cover, and mm-hmm. then went with a with an exacto knife or a sharp knife or whatever you have on your hand. I guess works because. And I basically went from top to bottom or bottom to top okay. through the back of the book, cutting through the glue, basically kind of lose getting the pages apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and since that seems like it'd be a lot of work to go through every page like that. <laughs> well, you don't need to do every page, but close to, I guess. Okay. Um, um, this way, since the glue is well not that good, I guess mm-hmm. uh, it's a little rubbery, right? It's a little bit rubbery. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can put you can put the glue, uh, pull them apart if it's not like chunks of more than I guess like ten, twelve or so pages at the time. You can just like pu- pull pull the glue off the page itself. And then you have the pristine, hmm. complete pages. Um, I didn't want to bind it like like you, Jeff, because I was fearful of not being able to read the first or last um, letters of the, each page mm-hmm. because you lose a little bit of space on the end of of the page, right? Yeah. So you, I, l- I lost a little bit, but I found that it it still was a good quarter of an inch or more away from the words, so yeah. so it didn't interfere too much. But that was my fear. That's why yeah, I didn't, sure. Absolutely. didn't think about it. And uh, then I basically put every every page in a in one sleeve and put the sleeve in a in a binder. And now I have my book in a binder, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can write all over it with a you know dry erase. Or yeah, there, 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 are few, there are there are a few cool, very cool advantages that I already used. So first of all, obviously the one of the biggest drawbacks is um, it takes a lot more space. Because you don't have the page by page very very small mm. like you have uh, in a professionally bound book, and I guess also in in your 
uh, in your version, Jeff. Um, so basically, they take like three times the mu as much as the space because yeah. you have the plastic, and there you have a little bit of air in between and stuff like this. So it, it takes a lot more space, but if that's not an issue, um, there are a few advantages advantages as well. For instance, um, I was um, dungeon mastering a game at the time, and I knew um, I just needed a few monsters, so I just put out the mon pull out the pulled out the monsters out of the binder and didn't need to take the whole book. Yeah, that's me. a that's a really good idea, good idea for the monster manual. I always I always hate having to flip through the whole book to to find the the six monsters I need for this encounter. Being able right. to just pull them out and have them sitting there would be really really cool. Well, it goes back, had... it goes back to the fourth edition, really. Yeah, yeah the, old, the old binder of the you know how they used to do that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then another thing that I did was um, they were new players; they didn't play D and D before, and I really just gave them their chapter on the ranger and the fighter. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't need to put the so there was not the oh, I need the book right now, and can you give me the book? I need to look up a spell. I just like gave everybody their stuff and was fine. Obviously, you need to reassemble afterwards, but yeah. Sure. I didn't, we didn't need like 50 books or five books in that case, so that mm -hmm. was pretty cool. Another thing that I did is I put um, breaks in between the different um, chapters, mm -hmm. so I can just like, oh, yeah, I need the inventory, and then just like see on the, on the outsides. Um, already where this is, and I don't need to kind of flip up through the different individual pages to search for it. Mm -hmm. um, and as you said, yeah, I can just draw on it, and obviously I lose the sleeve if I want to pull it, push out the sleeve, but I don't lose the page, right? right? And I don't have, as Jason, I don't also like to write on the pages themselves, mm -hmm. but this way I can just write on the sleeve, mm -hmm. just then toss the sleeve if, when I'm done with it, right? Yeah, although I, although you can, I mean, there's some markers where you could write on it, and I imagine then erase what's on the sleeve pretty, sure. pretty well too. Absolutely, but like I, if you close it again, maybe it gets smushed a little bit or whatnot, sure, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's a possibility, certainly, certainly, and um, everybody who uses like these mats has dry erase uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, pens on their hand, anyways. Um, so. The first thing that I did was uh, the monster manual, as I said earlier, and the PHB afterwards. And um, yeah, I was nervous too when I did my first uh, first cut, my first incision, basically cutting it out of the of the back of the book. But um, yeah, when when you're starting, it's a monotus and it takes time. Certainly, um, I actually stopped the time the second for the second book. They're, since they're roughly the same, I guess I took me a little bit longer because I was new to the process in the mm -hmm. first one. And I uh, was a little more prepared, kind of basically preparing all the sleeves and the ring book binder next to each other so I could go like <laughs> one page after another. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the second book took me about two hours. I mean, two hours for, for the whole book is, I mean, I didn't spend two hours on the two books, but it was probably pretty close by the time I'd cut it out and then gone to the store and waited for them to, to do that. And it sounds yeah, like so probably. Uh, you know, Jason probably spent the least amount of time, but he he paid for it another way. So. Yeah, <laughs> research yeah, yeah, yeah. and the talking with the guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I mean, it was fascinating. I mean, I'm glad I, I'm I'm glad I went that route. But um, I'm very intrigued by the way that you did because I I use binders like that already for pawns. Like I mm. organize my like I you know all the the pawns that I buy they don't stay in the box. I bring them out and then I take like all the little the appropriately sized. Uh, sleeves like with the number of pockets that I'm going to need for the different size pawns and I alphabetize and organize my pawns and I cut the back of the pawn box off and then that becomes my cover 
to that binder so sure. I can always find the order of things when I need certain monsters or whatever uh, that I'm using pawns for. And I also um, do the same thing for character sheets. Like I'm really big on, you know, if I'm playing in a, in a campaign, I have my binder with my character sheets, plural, um, in those same sleeves. So I'm used to doing this. So I can like, if I you know take hit point damage or I need to mark a status or something like that, I, I'm already conditioned to use the dry erase, things like that. Like you said, when I play, it just literally never occurred to me as my book were falling apart in front of me to go out and say like, Hey, I'm going to buy 300 more sleeves. And I, and I got this. Um, and probably because I was worried about making it worse instead of better, yeah. I mean, honestly, because the ingenuity, it just, it didn't occur to me to even think that way. But now that, I mean, it's, if something were to happen again, um, that that's actually a very intriguing option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't sound so, so I'm looking, I'm looking up, I'm curious how much that would cost. Uh, and I know you're, yeah, I mean, you're, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm from, from Europe. So maybe, mileage may vary but what i found i wanted to have the um glass clear um mm-hmm. sleeves and not like they're they're less expensive ones which are a little bit opaque mm-hmm. um i wanted the, the, the glass they are much more uh, expensive so i had from the from the opaque ones i got like what 100 sleeves for one euro so i guess one to one one buck whatever right um, but again, like they are a little bit like, eh, the quality is not so good. Uh, so I went for the more expensive ones that I had, and they are five bucks for a hundred uh, sleeves. Mm-hmm. So let's say like twenty bucks or fifteen bucks, depending on how much pages. Like it's more than three hundred, right? Then you need twenty bucks, and you have yeah, like a little I'm, bit of left. I'm over. looking on Amazon right now, and I'm seeing uh, basically between seven dollars and. Sixteen dollars for a pack of one hundred, depending on the the quality that you want. Um, so you would need what three or four of those packs to do to do a player's yeah. handbook or whatever. Yeah. Well, okay, maybe it's a little bit less expensive here, yeah. but I got pretty good ones uh, that are glass clear for five bucks, a yeah. uh, hundred a hundred sleeves. So it set me back twenty bucks. So a little bit less than than a new book would would cost me. Right? Yeah. It's, See, so it's a little more uh, labor intensive uh, and maybe a little bit yes. more expensive than my than my method. But you added functionality to to the books. That yeah. And didn't flexibility. Exactly. Exist. Yeah. Absolutely. The flexibility and the functionality was was really I like to have. And also I put in another. Is it index in English? I think it's mm-hmm. called it right, where you kind of see well, where's this word uh, because the yeah. one in the PHP originally is kind of a little bit sucky. Yeah. So <laughs> yes, um, that, that that is the correct term. Wizards has a long history of really not being good at indexes, at least for the last several editions. So yes. Yeah. So I so I found like a homebrew version from someone else and changed it a little bit uh, to my own tastes, and then just print that out and put it in the back, and now I have like a custom. Like it's really easy to switch up pages, right? Mm-hmm. So to do things like this. So. Absolutely, that's awesome. See, and I, I actually like the um, the peace of mind that you t- that you probably get because you can just hand, like you said, you're you know you hand the ranger section to someone. Yeah, I, I hand my book to someone. I'm looking at their fingers, like you know, understand. Yeah, I, have separa- uh, I have separation anxiety, right? When I give somebody I'm, my role playing books, I'm okay with that. With them having uh, Cheeto dust on their hands, yeah, exactly. as you put it earlier, right? Or, like, you know, yeah. drinks at the table. You know, something spills. You've got kind yeah. of a waterproof layer for your pages. Where I'm just, you exactly. know, I make sure my books are never on my my game. Like my books are on a side table next to my table. <laughs> Yeah, know, exactly. I turn and reference them as I need to, and I put them over there just because I have lost books um, and had them uh, messed up before by you know soda village. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So never again. Uh, so that's great, man. I, yeah, I'm actually kind of yeah. kicking myself. I mean, granted, I I love the option I took. I wouldn't change it for the world, 
But man, I'm kind of thinking like, if something were to happen again, you might consider that. Yeah, absolutely. I might I, go that route. I, I might, I might too. Like, I, I, I need to reclassify how I organize things. Maybe not, maybe not uh, most fancy to least fancy, but but least DIY to most DIY is probably a more fair uh, uh, assessment of our order here, right? Right. Or even if the, I mean, even if the the PDF versions do catch up one day, um, like I, I, I still use and convert a lot of older edition material because like mm-hmm. you know, there's 40 years of D and D. I'm not just gonna leave it out there. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to use it and steal from it. So now I'm even considering using um, Simon's technique. If I'm stealing, you know, I want this villain from this thing and this plot thread or whatever, making a binder when as I'm prepping adventures and just basically printing out the PDFs and the reorganizing, taking notes on them, doing whatever I need to do. And then slotting that together in like almost like a project book, or almost like you know you're saying your wife did scrapbooking. I'm going to scrapbook my next adventure, right? right? There you go. And, you, and use that as a, as kind of a roadmap uh, to build things out. That's actually I'm you know I, I, that's actually got my wheels turning quite a bit. So that's mm-hmm. really cool. And I think that's the official name. I think you've officially named that process now. It is now called the Simon Technique. The Simon Technique. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Stop. cool with that. <laughs> Simon says, "Do it this way." Yeah. <laughs> <Simon> <laughs> So Very cool. It, 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 we had to say it at some point, right? That's right. Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so any any other last thoughts? We've got three, uh, I think, really successful um, methods of of handling if you need to rebind your books and things to consider about what works for you. Uh, running from a hundred dollars to five dollars, uh, you know, and. Um, you know, uh, very little time to, to, uh, what'd you say? A couple, two to four hours with the two books. Yeah. I, it took me two hours for one book. So, so about, so about but, four hours ish for, for both books. Yeah. For both books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So, so there's all kinds of options and different advantages and disadvantages that, that they have. I think it also is, I mean, the time and the cost is actually one, you know, sliding scale, but I also think it's like, how much faith do you have in yourself to do it right the first time? Oh yeah. Um, and, and so like now that I, if now, if I could watch the video of the Simon technique, maybe I could educate <laughs> myself on how to do that properly. And then next time I, I might take a, have a little more, a little less trepidation, I should say around, around that process. But at the time, I, you know, I, I think it was worth it to me just to know, to have the peace of peace mind of mind, like, it's going to be done right. And it's going to look good, and it's yeah. going to be durable, and I'm not going to have to mess with it again. Um, so I think there was—it's kind of a trade-off. I think it's very—and and I'm thank you so much for 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 getting us together, Jeff, because I think it really speaks to the individuality of what that decision is, mm-hmm. not just on how much you're willing to spend or how much time you're willing to spend, but like what is your end goal, um, and what do you, how do you want to utilize the book? Because it sounds to me like I have a really good, like professionally re- done representation of the same materials I purchased. Mm-hmm. I just have a two volume in one, right? Where Simon almost has a completely different way to utilize his material, yeah. and and that I, I, that's really intriguing. So if I guess if you're thinking about it, hey, not only can I get the book back that I, I lost, but I can even make it better in some yeah. cases for how I practically use it. Um, that that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So I got my replacement, and it just it just sits in the book uh, in the ca- in the bookcase at this point, right? Just mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not using that anymore because of all the easy easier to use the flexibility mm-hmm. that the other version gives me right now yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's awesome absolutely so that, I think this is this has been a great process I'm, I'm really glad we we went through all of this and, and figured out uh, what people could do because I know there's a lot of people that talk about and complain about their books are falling apart and, and they got new ones from wizards and some of them had got to keep their old ones or maybe you don't want the new one you want to make the, make what you got work or you know you're just tough on a book and, <laughs> and need to fix it right there are options don't 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 lose your books. Um, this has been great. 
All right, I'm going to call that the end of the episode. I want to thank our guest, Jason. Where on the internet should people go if they want to reach out to you and, and talk to you about binding books? Uh, probably just easiest on Twitter. It's uh, at Jason Shamblin, S-H-A-M-B-L-I-N. That is all one word. Uh, nothing fancy, so I can even remember it. There you go. And Simon, where should people reach out if they want to find out about uh, your awesome DIY method? Um, also, Twitter might be the easiest uh, easiest version to, to get to me. It's uh, at uh, dummy, U-R-D, also one word. Dummy, D-U-M-M-Y? Um, U-R-D. Dummy, like the, the crash test dummy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Uh, and I also want to thank all of you out there for supporting the show and shopping from our affiliate links. When you use Amazon or DMs Guild, you get the exact same experience, but they throw a, a small percentage our way to help us uh, you know, do what we do. And I share all of the Amazon money uh, with our other contributors uh, on the on the Tome Show, and the DMs Guild stuff always goes to buying product that, that oftentimes gets or almost always gets discussed on the show. Uh, plus, I also want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash the Tome Show. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email thetomeshow at gmail.com, or if you want to email either of these two gentlemen, I'd be happy to forward emails to them, uh, so you can email thetomeshow at gmail.com for that as well. Uh, you can call the biz line, that's 919-B-I-Z-T-O-M-E, to leave a voicemail for the show. Uh, if you want to tweet at Tracy and ho- wish her well and hope that she's feeling healthy, she is at Sarah Darkmagic. If you want to reach me on Twitter, I am at Squatch, S-Q-U-A-C-H. And The Tome Show is at The Tome Show. That has been episode 291, where we took what was broken and made it good again. In this episode of... The Tome, The Tome, The Tome, The Tome, The Tome, The Tome. Let me answer your questions, I'll clear up all your misconceptions. You don't dress up to play D&D, you don't dress up to play D&D. You don't dress up to play D&D, unless you want to. Like me, you don't dress up to play D and D. You don't dress up to play D and D. You don't dress up to play D and D unless you want to. Like me, you don't think we fancy? Let me teach you about class. Priest, fighter, bone, catch a kick your ass. You don't think we street? Look at this table full of ice. You don't think we hard? Just touch my face. You don't think we can get it at the birds and the bees? I'm a pallet in the streets, but a thief in the shoes. My character shoots because they fold to the brim with maxed out. And we're the cool, cool nerds. Call me Neil deGrasse Tyson. D to the R to the A, good S, D and D. The dungeon master sets up a scenario. Then he or she asks, where would you like to go? We talk as a group, then decide together. There's no winning, yo. We could play forever. Stay right there. Let me answer your questions. I'll clear up all your misconceptions. Stay right there. Let me answer your questions. I'll clear up all your misconceptions. You don't dress up to play. D&D. You don't dress up to play D&D You don't dress up to play D&D Unless you want to Like me You don't dress up to play D&D You don't dress up to play D&D You don't dress up to play D&D Unless you want to Like me You don't dress up to play D&D You don't dress up to play D&D You don't dress up to play D&D Unless you want to 
like me. You don't dress up to play D and D. You don't dress up to play D and D. You don't dress up to play D and D unless you want to, like me. I'm on the wall.